0: This episode of Tech News Day is sponsored by Manscaped and by HelloFresh. So this week has had some extremely bad news, but when things are bad, it's important to look around and find things worth celebrating, even in the midst of tragedy. And for starters, yeah, our little fundraiser from our last video to raise some money for the National Network of Abortion funds uh, it surpassed its five thousand dollar goal within just a couple of hours, and as of when we're recording this, it's at over twelve thousand dollars.
1: Yeah, so it's, uh, I am completely blown away and. Humbled by our amazing community, yeah. like you guys are very impressive, and thank you so much for that. Uh, we're gonna continue to run it. Uh, it's got
0: another four or five days on it. Yeah,
1: so we'll have it on this video too. I I, I did check on the on mobile; it's below the video. On yeah. desktop, it's where it looks like above where the suggestion. It's video pretty video. prominently displayed. Which, yeah. is,
0: which is nice. So yeah,
1: thank you to everyone
0: who donated. Uh, if you still want to help out, the fundraiser is still going for a couple more days. Yeah, this, uh, um, this
1: problem isn't going anywhere. No. So we'll, we'll raise money all the way to the end of the fundraiser.
0: Yeah, but that's not the only light in the sea of darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, here's some news that's sure to warm the hearts of anyone who's been watching this show for a while. Uh, NFTs are pretty much dead.
1: All our apes, gone. All of them. You may have noticed that over the past few months or so that we haven't really covered NFTs as much, at least since like January, there's been a steep drop off in our coverage. No. Uh, and, you know, we do take your comments to heart. Although uh, for a while there, it was the only thing happening in the tech space. I don't take your comments to heart at all. I, I, sometimes I actively do. live to antagonize you. I try to please. <laughs> uh, around the end of last year and the beginning of this year, NFT news, it was basically unavoidable. Whether it was big, well-known brands and individuals jumping on the NFT hype train and subsequently getting yelled at about it by their fans, or NFT projects imploding in various ways from straight up rug pull fraud to Idiots just opening up their crypto wallets to the wallet inspector, which is a classic gag. Two hackers running off with millions in stolen NFTs due to poor security on exchanges and smart contracts that weren't so smart after all. Um, Also, what seems to be the death knell, uh, which has actually happened uh, in various uh, industries, running Super Bowl ads. It's either going to make your product do gangbusters, or it's going to completely ruin it. Yeah. Or putting your your company's name
0: on a Prominent professional sporting uh, arena. Yes. I guess we'll see how that goes.
1: Yeah. Um, (laughs) But yeah, things have been pretty quiet as of late uh, outside of the scams here and there. But um, yeah, there's, of course, been continuing examples of all of these issues, but it, it gets boring describing the same story over and over again. And it looks like our decline in interest in NFTs and the media's decline in interest in NFTs also correlates with an actual decline. In the interest of NFTs, I mean, uh, even among many who were previously ignoring the haters and bidding on apes and lions and other uh, examples of hideous artwork. Yeah. Now, of course, we've already talked about all this. We've talked about how, even in the
0: midst of the peak of NFT hype, the actual consumer base for NFTs was hilariously small, with NFT ownership concentrated among just 0.1 percent of all cryptocurrency holders and how search interest in NFTs fell drastically since their peak just a few months ago, and how a large amount of NFT transactions turned out to just be people selling to themselves, aka wash trading, presumably to raise the floor price of their JPEGs and trick someone else into thinking there's more demand for them, and uh, basically passing it off. Please flood the market with liquidity, I want out. But this week, the Wall Street Journal reported that things are even worse for the NFT marketplace than previously thought. And this is certainly not the first report on the imminent death of NFTs, nor will it likely be the last. But when the nation's premier financial newspaper says things aren't going great,
1: that's usually a bad sign. Mm -hmm. So let's read. The NFT market is collapsing. The sale of non-fungible tokens or NFTs fell to a daily average of about 19,000 this week, a 92% decline from a peak of about 225,000 in September, according to the website Non-Fungible. The number of active wallets in the NFT market fell 88% to about 14,000 last week from a high of 119,000 in November. NFTs are Bitcoin-like digital tokens that act like a certificate of ownership that live on a blockchain. Rising interest rates have crushed risky bets across the financial markets, and NFTs are among the most speculative.
0: And yeah, the article does point out that demand for investments are down across the board. Mm -hmm. Uh, The S&P 500 stock index is down more than 10% from its peak at the beginning of the year. (sighs) The more tech-focused NASDAQ, oh, it is down nearly 25% from its peak. At the beginning of the year, and then uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum.
1: They're doing way worse. But this was supposed to be uh, like an inverse though. It was supposed to be when the it was but, supposed to be a hedge. when the institutions fail, that's when cryptocurrency is really gonna take off.
0: Yeah, I was uh I even bought into that a little bit. I was I I started uh, you know, throwing throwing a few coins. To, toward crypto because uh, I was like, yeah, you know, if there's a recession
1: or something, at least yeah, I'll, the I'll have a little bit of yeah. Ethereum. I'll uh, have a little backup there. But no, in in fact, it appears as though it is tied directly to the rest of the stock market. It's like a it's
0: it's like one of those like triple leveraged uh, things. Yeah, uh, it's like yeah, you want to like you want to bet on the price of gold, but uh, you know, three times as much in e- either direction. Invest in uh, cryptocurrency
1: uh, when turn- the
0: market's doing bad. Crypto's doing worse. Market's doing good. I don't know. Crypto might be doing great.
1: Might not be. Who knows? That's the fun of it. You never know what's going to happen. I can't believe Elon Musk changing his profile picture to a, by the way, stolen NFT didn't do amazing things for the marketplace. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, compared to even cryptocurrency,
0: NFTs are speculative as all hell. They Mm -hmm. make crypto look like a sound financial instrument. So... NFTs are receiving the worst of the buyer hesitancy that's happening across the investment world.
1: Yeah, Uh, the article also mentions the NFT of Jack Dorsey's first tweet, which originally sold for $2.9 million, but recently received a top bid of just under $14,000. Still overpriced. Uh, they also provide a similar example. Another NFT buyer purchased a Snoop Dogg curated NFT titled Doggy number 4292 in early April for about $32,000 worth of the cryptocurrency Ether. The NFT, an image of a green-skinned astronaut standing on what looks like a Hollywood Walk of Fame star, is now up for auction with an asking price of $25.5 million. The highest current bid is for 0.0743 Ether, about $210. <laughs> And anyway, as for the fact that NFT sales are highly concentrated
0: among a small group of buyers, which we know, uh, the article says, the imbalance between supply and demand is also hurting the NFT market. There are about five NFTs for every buyer, according to data from analytics firm Chainalysis. As of the end of April, there have been 9.2 million NFTs sold, which were bought by 1.8 million people, the firm said. And yeah, 1.8 million people is not a lot for worldwide sales of anything. And the article includes graphs, which really just drive home what a massive drop-off in sales. Look at this graph? Look at this graph. Uh, yeah, the NFT space, is uh, it has evaporated uh, since the, the peak around like August and November of last year. Things were going gangbusters to the moon. Nope, straight to hell. Sorry. Yeah. The single-day peak, according to this data, was September 24th, with more than 224,000 NFTs sold. Meanwhile, on May 1st, just a little under 33,000 NFTs were sold. And that's actually an increase from the month of March when trading volume was regularly less than half of
1: that. Yeah, so not great. Also just a clear example of celebrities out of touch because all it took was like some assistant or manager to be like, you'd be an idiot not to throw the entire weight of your influence behind this surefire project. Yeah, I know it looks stupid, but it's worth money.
0: The, the Jimmy Fallon, Paris Hilton clip, that will be stuck in my head for the rest of my life, unfortunately, which yeah. is sad, but mm-hmm. um, it will be more and more fascinating to look back on
1: as, as time goes on, I think. I mean, it pushes out some other dumb things, like, I finally just forgot, who's driving this bus? You're not on TikTok, you don't get and it. I don't know what that it's is. It's fine. Unsurprisingly, though, many in the NFT community see all of this as just a temporary setback on their path to the moon. You think yeah. it was easy for NASA to develop all these rockets and land Neil Armstrong on the moon?
0: Yeah. With get, Buzz
1: Lightyear? Get that FUD out of here. Exactly. It's, your t- it's averaging downtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether that's true or just the sunk cost fallacy inter- interfering with logic, it remains to be seen. And it's not just NFT holders who are forging ahead in the face of a collapsing NFT market. It's also companies, including gaming companies. One of which, Square Enix is pretty much going all in on NFTs at potentially the dumbest possible time. (laughs) Here's Kotaku. Yesterday we learned that Square Enix is intending to sell Crystal Dynamics, Eidos Montreal, and Square Enix Montreal to the monolithic The Embracer group, along with IPs for games like Deus Ex, Tomb Raider, Thief, and Legacy of Kain. Why? Because, to quote Square Enix, the transaction enables the launch of new businesses by moving forward with investments in fields including blockchain, AI, and the cloud, which is to say its previously announced desire to milk the NFT-slash-blockchain market. How valuable could Tomb Raider be compared to what we could do
0: with a Tomb Raider money in the world of NFTs? If you give us five ETH, we will show you Laura
1: Croft's boobs. Yeah.
0: You And the 90s version, too. Actually, we can't anymore because we sold the IP and we will be sued by the the embracer group, whatever the fuck's called. (laughs) The enforcer group or whatever? Yeah. But uh, the Kotaku article's uh, writer, John Walker, does not mince his words uh, with the editorializing that follows that section. Uh, He says, NFTs feel like the most extraordinarily precise emblem of the 2020s. It's all a glaringly obvious pile of bullshit. Companies are literally selling a line of code on what they call a blockchain to repackage the extremely old idea of digital asset ownership as the next big investment you should get in on now while the going is good. You've been able to own things like video game skins for a long time, of course. Somehow, though, many of these companies are putting a lot of effort into pretending that you can now own a picture and then pretending that in doing so, the picture somehow becomes imbued with inherent worth. All given life by enough idiots clapping their hands and shouting how they believe in fairies. Unfortunately, a lot of these clapping idiots wear expensive suits and talk loudly in boardrooms. And as with every other aspect of the scam fest that is Web 3.0, businesses have been desperately scrambling to profit before the whole illusion blows away on a breeze. And it seems that breeze might have shown up earlier than anyone was expecting.
1: Also, just like the timing of like extravagance and wastefulness, it it couldn't have come at a worse time. Like you're you're a company that's trying to convince consumers who are already shelling out potentially $60 per game to spend hundreds on assets that aren't even real. Yeah, I mean which which people were already
0: doing it was mostly the whales. Uh Yeah, I mean
1: it's like, like sure. I,
0: I know people who have been playing uh Cod Warzone free to play for over 2 years now without spending a single cent. I admire their uh Restraint because I've I've thrown down for like a couple skins or whatever yeah, just of course. for fun. I, I like think anyone I've, else has played played transactions. Like I think I've spent like fifteen dollars total yeah. in two years. Magic
1: the Gathering Arena, you know. But they would You don't be, technically have to pay to play it, but yeah. uh, it helps. But they
0: wouldn't be doing all this shit if there weren't uh idiots just throwing down crazy money on cosmetics and shit like that. So they're they've shifted their entire business model even further into just uh trying to milk These few fat cows uh, at the expense of uh, creating a product that actually serves uh, their core audience, uh, which is uh, good video games.
1: Yeah, well, uh, we'll see how it works out. Yeah. But uh, hey, look, maybe we're just being haters. There is at least five or ten people left watching our videos that still demand that we are wrong. It's possible that we are. And maybe we just don't fully understand the potential that NFTs hold. Uh, Maybe we're ignoring Slurp Juice. Oh, what's that, you ask? What, Slurp Juice? Well, apparently, a lot of people don't get what Slurp Juice is. So here's NFT Marketplace Rare Candy explaining on Twitter. A lot of y'all still don't get it. Ape holders can use multiple Slurp Juices on a single ape. So if you have one Astro Ape and three Slurp Juices, you can create three new apes. Tonight's Slurp Juice Mint event is essentially a minting event for both Lab Monkus and Special Forces. Oh my God. <laughs> I feel like such a fucking idiot. Three for making slurp fun. juices and one ape? I, I, I was, I, look, I'll be the first to admit I was wrong. NFTs are actually cool. You yeah. can use multiple slurp juices on a single ape?
0: Yeah. I, a lot of y'all don't seem to get that, but there you go.
1: Honestly, this is the coolest thing I've ever heard of in my everything. entire life. Like, screw every Apple event going forward. I need to hear more about the slurp juice. Yeah, what else can these slurp juices do? <sighs> Gosh. I know, okay. Attached to the tweet, obviously, is one of the most hideous animated GIFs that we have ever seen of a pissed-off ape dressed like an Aztec warrior or or something. I'm sure there's more to it than that. It's very busy. This, like... busy image. It's very cool. It's like you're evolving the apes, but you you can use multiple Slurp Juices on one.
0: Honestly, this Slurp Juiced Up uh, gorilla or whatever still looks better than, uh, what was it? Those mutant apes? Where the, yeah. it was like the board ape, you give them the mutant stuff, and they just melt and turn into like look like they they're drowning in toxic. Waste. But it did something,
1: huh? It did.
0: Yeah. Anyway, the wider world of Twitter uh, had a little bit of fun with the concept of slurp juice for a while to you know get its mind off of more serious real real world events happening uh, with reactions like sitting in the doctor's office waiting room, wondering if these people even know that you can use multiple slurp juices on a (laughs) ape. In my day, it was one slurp juice per ape, period. That's the way it was, and we liked it. (laughs) Uh, There's this variation of the guy standing in the corner at a party meme, thinking to himself, they don't know you can use multiple slurp juices on a single (laughs) ape. And of course, plenty of examples of all my slurp juice gone, Uh, and a variation on a, a popular old drill tweet Food, $200. Data, $150. Rent, $800. Slurp juice, (laughs) $3,600. Utility, $150. Someone who is good at the economy, please help me budget this.
1: My apes are dying. I do love um, uh, the official BuzzFeed News uh, tweeted, Breaking. You can use multiple Slurp <laughs> yeah. juices on a single ape.
0: Yeah, that, well, that was extra funny because, yeah, they did an article just like just repeating yeah. the tweet. And then like a few hours later, they had to add a disclaimer that was longer than the actual article itself. we like, OK, so we dug around a little bit more and it looks like a lot of the people associated with this uh, Slurp juice project are like have close ties to white nationalists. So uh, the story, sorry, it just got a little less funny.
1: But you got to hand it to the NFT community like when the world is at its most depressing. They come through and allow people to laugh at them. No, no, no. You don't understand. <laughs> it's legitimately perfect comedic timing. You timings. can use three slurp juices on one ape. I, yeah, the problem is, is that people don't understand people what's happening. People don't understand that. <laughs> you have to explain it to them in ways that they can understand. You see, everyone else is an idiot but me. <laughs> I'll be sitting over here with my three slurp juices and one
0: ape. Yeah. While the rest of you idiots, you you FUD losers...
1: Uh, Oh, Cry you just about whatever used, else is happening. You used it on uh, you used uh, all your slurp juices on multiple apes. You idiot. Wow. Yeah. Stupid. So to be clear, the apes that you <laughs> the apes that you slurp juice on apparently aren't the same as the bored apes. Uh, there are there's a lot of different cartoon ape NFT collections out there. But bored ape yacht club is by far the most popular and the most valuable. Uh, it's unclear how badly this market downturn has affected bored apes compared to the rest of the nft marketplace but, but they seem to be doing okay and that's probably another sunk cost thing where those a people lot of are fully yeah, invested
0: in and it's a lot of people got.
1: who have way more money than than is tied yeah. up in these apes so they're just like whatever I, like i already own it i'm just going to sit on it why would i want to sell it at a loss yeah and make myself look bad because the pr hit is going to be much more damaging than not selling it at all
0: yeah the, the only people I talk to now are the people in my Bored Apes Discord. They're my only friends. And if I sell my Bored Ape, I lose access
1: and become friendless. So yeah. I will continue to all this ape. Yeah, everyone, do you think that you're laughing now. Wait till uh, Mike Wolf's grandson from American Pickers 3.0 is digging through my old hard drives <laughs> and finds a Bored Ape. Wow, you have no idea what you have here. I'll give you I'll $500. Give you- <laughs> 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 mm, best I can do is $500. Yeah, uh. Now, Unfortunately, even success in the NFT world can cause problems, though. We always have to point this out. Uh, Here's from Web3 is going great. The much-awaited Bored Ape Yacht Club Other Side Metaverse land sale began, and its popularity just about wrecked Ethereum for everybody else. Gas fees, which increased based on network congestion, spiked to shocking levels, with an average open sea sale costing more than 1.25 ETH, or $3,500 in gas. Most trading on OpenSea during this period was for the much-anticipated other side land deeds, which sell for around 5 ETH, or $13,500 plus gas. However, some people oddly continued to buy and sell cheaper NFTs, including one person who bought a 0.1 ETH, $275 NFT, and paid $3,850 in (laughs) transaction fees. What a world. How does that happen? I just bought this ticket for uh, uh, the new Harry Potter franchise down at AMC because yeah. I can use my, uh, my uh, cryptocurrency now thanks to Adam Aaron, the CEO of AMC. Um, <laughs> how much is the ticket? Well, the ticket itself is $10 worth of Ethereum. Oh, great. Here's my card. Or here's my scan. All right, sir. That'll be $14,000. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, basically, there was such a scramble to buy up these new NFTs that the processing fees for most of the entire NFT market spiked to absurd highs. Uh, On Twitter, Molly White, who runs Web3 is going great, documented a few examples of NFT sales that still happen despite gas fees being so high. Like this one that sold for $260 plus $3,950 in gas fees. And this one which sold for $25 plus $3,300 in gas fees. That's like ordering something off the dollar menu and paying $132 in sales tax.
1: It's a bad deal. Well, you have to to price that in. That's the whole thing. It's like you don't just... You go buy a car and forget to pay the tax, do you?
0: Uh, The funniest thing is, like, the gas fees, they literally, that money disappears. It ceases to exist. It doesn't go to anyone.
1: Yeah. Poof. All your money gone. Yeah. Uh, In addition to clogging things up for everyone, apparently a bunch of people who tried to buy virtual land from the Bored Apes people got stiffed. Here's Vice. Vice. Besides high fees, the transaction load resulted in a bottleneck that resulted in failed transactions that people still had to pay fees for. <laughs> now, in the thousands of dollars for nothing in return, not even an NFT. Yuga oh. Labs, who makes the apes, did promise to issue refunds for all that money that people blew on literally nothing, but the trouble didn't end there because a bunch of fake Twitter accounts soon popped up to scam people by pretending to be the official account for the Other Side Metaverse project. Here's Vice once again. Some of the fishers rely on
0: misspellings of other side to create a passable account that points to another website. There's an other side meta (laughs) account, a meta one other side account, other underscore side meta, a fake yet verified other side meta account whose handle is... Rita Guerra 25s, and so many more beyond that. Each of these sites retweet the original other side account to appear legitimate, have bios with the legitimate Discord link, and usually in a tweet or in their bio, add a link to a website that offers to refund your gas fees so long as you connect your wallet. <laughs> wallet inspector! Uh, in a Twitter thread by Zach, H, uh, Zach XBT, an on-chain sleuth who investigates crypto rug pulls and cons, one phishing scam run by a now-defunct side underscore meta account was shown to have used two addresses to steal $5 million worth of NFTs. Five board Ape Yacht Club NFTs, 12 Mutant Ape Yacht Club NFTs, and 36 Other Deed NFTs. So the damn wallet inspector strikes again. Why? Yeah. How does this keep happening? I don't know. Seems, seems like uh, if you've got, uh, you know, a lot of valuable assets and currency in your crypto wallet you should uh, the first thing you should you should always be aware of is uh, not to open up that wallet for anyone who
1: asks uh yeah I can't, I, I can't believe he didn't cover the the Elon thing he got like so he put I, it looked like a uh, like a mosaic of board apes or something like that uh, as his profile picture and everyone's okay. like oh this is great for the nft community except for the fact that Elon literally right click saved as, and put it in his profile picture. And it wasn't even like he messed up and like bought it, it, one that wasn't an actual thing. He didn't even have like the hexagonal yeah, no hexagon. uh, profile picture. It, and then like, I forget if it was like someone from Yugo Labs or the artist who made the mosaic was just like, hey, really cool that you changed it to that. Um, but could you take it down? Because it sets a bad example. Uh, we can work with you to get a legitimate uh, project as your profile picture if you want. That's so funny. He also like
0: uh, I think it was last week, like someone made some one of his stands made some like really nice like fan art or something about him and buying Twitter, and just like immediately it, it, it I don't know if it went straight to Elon, but when Elon reposted it, he of course didn't didn't retweet or anything like that. He posted it uh, as a file straight to the tweet, and uh, the artist's signature and name were. uh, Suddenly missing from Scruff. the beast. And the artist, like like the cuck that he is, was just like in the replies being like, hey, I'm glad you like the picture, but uh, it was mine. If you, could just, if you could just give
1: me credit, please. Please, Elon. I love you. Pathetic. Yeah. yeah. We do have mo- uh, more news coming up for you, but first, let's get to the sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Attention. Are you ready to be blown away? Well, you asked for it and they listened. Our friends at Manscaped just relaunched the ultra smooth package. Ooh, it's back, baby. Your new favorite tool and complement to the Lawnmower 4.0 to keep your boys smooth while looking and feeling their best. This specialized groin shaving kit is here to help you buff, protect, and shave your most sensitive areas. It's time to crop that bush of yours and get right to the roots with a discount just for you from Manscaped. Get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with our code NEWSDAY. The legends who introduced the electric ball hair trimmer are bringing back their razor
0: so you can be set and trimmed front to back. Men, you no longer have to borrow your lady's razor for that precise trim. Step one, grab your handy Lawnmower 4.0 and give your boys the classic trim to your liking to get the loose hairs out of the way and then take out the Manscaped Ultra Smooth Package to make your package the perfect package this summer. Step two, crop exfoliator, infused with ingredients that can soothe, clear, and keep the skin on and around your groin feeling refreshed. The crop exfoliator can help reduce the risk of ingrown hairs in your delicate places. And step three, Crop gel. See where you're shaving with our unique clear shaving gel just for the groin. With four essential oils, it's like a spa treatment every time you shave. Step four, time to shave. The crop shaver was designed for shaving the groin area with confidence. Three precision blades include extra wide lubricating strips and a pivoting head for the
1: ultimate groin grooming experience. The crop shaver is not your average razor. Smaller, thicker, with a micro comb bar that allows for the best shave possible from any angle. Beach balls are meant to be smooth, and now yours can be as well. Uh, All three of these vegan, cruelty-free, and sulfate-free products are included, so you know your manhood is in good hands without compromise. It's time to get up close and personal with the best tools for the job, so get the Ultra Smooth package from Manscaped. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code NEWSDAY at manscaped.com. That is 20% off plus free shipping with the code NEWSDAY at manscaped.com. Smooth out your fellas, with the relaunched ultra-smooth package from the fellas at Manscaped. Your balls will thank you.
0: And this episode is sponsored by HelloFresh. Who's hungry? With... With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Get farm-fresh seasonal produce and easy-to-make recipes delivered right to your door every week. Ingredients travel from the farm to your doorstep in under a week, so they'll always arrive fresh. All without a trip to the grocery store or farmer's market. Pick your favorites from 50 different weekly options and skip weeks when you need to. Change your delivery date or
1: update your preferences all in the HelloFresh. Fresh app. If you're interested in cooking some delicious Asian fusion, on next week's menu, they've got meatballs with bulgogi sauce, plus roasted carrots, ginger rice, and sriracha crema, and uh, also sweet heat shrimp tempura. Uh, those are bowls, and they come with sesame roasted broccoli and quick pickles, plus dozens more options for whatever you're into. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Newsday16 and use code Newsday16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Again, that is up to 16 free meals and three free gifts by going to HelloFresh.com slash Newsday16 and using code Newsday16. All right, back to the news now with the main real news story of the week.
0: The Supreme Court's leaked plan to repeal Roe v. Wade and therefore make abortion highly illegal in several states that have laws already on the books set to kick in the second that decision is officially handed down. Mm-hmm. Uh, this news has also emboldened anti-abortion activists in states where abortion will still be legal, uh, at least for now. And that's got the pro-abortion side justifiably worried that anti-abortion nut jobs might start doing what they used to do
1: a lot more often, which is uh, target abortion clinics and their patients with violence. In the wake of the Supreme Court news, Breitbart's Rebecca Mansour tweeted out, The freakout you are witnessing from the left is very instructive. When Roe was handed down 49 years ago, pro-lifers didn't riot, didn't call for SCOTUS to be burned down, didn't threaten the lives of justices, didn't try to stack the court. Which is, I guess, technically true, because the wave of murder and terrorism didn't really kick in until the 90s when evangelicals had firmly placed abortion at the center of its political goals. And that was all well before our current situation where mass shootings are so normal in this country that they barely even garner news coverage anymore. Yeah, so back in the
0: 90s, a lot of the victims of anti-abortion violence were doctors that were specifically singled out by anti-abortion groups. Get a load of this guy. He's a murderer. He's going to hell. Wouldn't it be a shame if someone were to send him there? People were bothering their abortion clinics yeah, back in the 90s. it was, it was fucked up. But uh, in this day and age of uh, data, uh, identifying... Abortion providers and their patients, it's actually much, much easier. You don't need the, uh, the abortion, anti-abortion activists to tell you who's, uh, doing abortions. Um, big tech will. You, yeah, uh, yeah, pretty much. All of our phones are just constantly sharing all sorts of data of us, about us without our knowledge all the time. And by paying for phone data, specifically geofenced to a specific area, like in and around an abortion clinic, it's very easy to figure out who's going to that abortion clinic and where they live and someone whose device repeatedly shows up at that location would probably be a doctor or an employee. Or a delivery person. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. We just really like Uber Eats here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, at that point, it's a matter of just connecting a few more dots in order to positively identify who the anonymous dot on the map is.
1: And then, then, There was a, a big New York Times article. Uh, I mean, it's probably a couple of years old It now, was. But, well, yeah, they, but they, they were able to specifically identify someone through their basic movements yeah. and and available GPS. Just data. with a set
0: of like random data they bought for pennies on the dollar. Like yeah. They were able to easily identify people just based on like where they were at night, where they were during the day. And
1: this also goes much further. I mean, there's articles that point out that um, if at any point you used any like menstrual cycle app, uh, that data is there as well. So real bad implications. Yeah, yeah.
0: And I, I especially I love how uh, Google is just constantly like, hey, how'd you like your lunch? You want to rate that? I'm like, I don't I don't oh, like it out of here. I don't like that you're paying attention to where I ate lunch. I know you hate
1: it, but you, and no tech is perfect or ethical by any means. But you should really think about switching over to the iPhone. Yeah, I might. Yeah, who knows?
0: Anyway, Vice wrote about all this in the wake of the Supreme Court news after purchasing some data themselves
1: to see how easy it would be. Uh, here's what they said. How data collecting intersects with abortion rights or the lack thereof is likely to gather more attention in the wake of the draft. The country may also see an increase in vigilante activity or forms of surveillance and harassment against those seeking or providing abortions. With this aggregated location data available to anyone on the open market, customers could include anti-abortion vigilantes as well. Anti-abortion groups are already fairly adept at using novel technology for their goals. In 2016, an advertising CEO who worked with anti-abortion in Christian groups sent targeted advertisements to women sitting in Planned Parenthood clinics in an attempt to change their decision around getting an abortion. The sale of the location data raises questions around why companies are selling data based on abortion clinics specifically, and whether they should introduce more safeguards around the purchase of that information, if be selling it at all. Quote, it's bonkers dangerous to have abortion clinics and then let someone buy the census tract where people are coming from to visit that abortion clinic. Zach Edwards, a cybersecurity researcher who closely tracks the data-selling marketplace, told Motherboard in an online chat after reviewing the data, this is how you dox someone traveling across state lines for abortions, how you dox clinics providing that service. They also point out that
0: depending on how strict the laws are in states where abortion will likely soon be illegal, it might be possible to be prosecuted for an abortion that, someone uh, crossed state lines to get if the state government back home decides to sift through enough of this kind of data. And you
1: better believe in a lot of states they are that fucking evil to do that. They're that petty, yep. They're probably setting up the infrastructure right now. So yeah, the specific company that Vice tested this
0: out on is called SafeGraph. uh, And their platform makes it especially easy because Planned Parenthood is a brand that can be tracked like it's Starbucks or Target or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Vice was also, they were able to buy a week's worth of data covering more than 600 Planned Parenthood locations for just $160. It's that easy. Uh, they also report that the more general category of family planning centers is also available for purchase if you wanna you know, fan out your search a little bit more. Uh, SafeGraph does not track individual devices all the way down to like, the home address level, but it would not
1: be difficult to cross-reference their data with other data sets to de-anonymize those devices. It's incredibly easy. Uh, so yeah, in addition to not actually reducing abortion, but simply making abortion a lot more dangerous, there's this whole fun new dystopian twist on everything. It's like do you remember when like Target inadvertently informed a parent that their daughter was pregnant before yeah. they were even ready to tell their parents because they have they didn't even know purchases. It. Their, their and, AI
0: just figured it out. Yeah,
1: well, it's not, well yeah, it wasn't like someone talking like, hey, yeah. here you go. It was the the stuff that's built into their app. Yeah, um, it's like how uh, it's how <laughs> like every every couple of
0: years, some conservative is like hey, why am I getting all these ads for gay cruises and stuff on my web browser? And everyone's like, it's uh, the ads are targeted, sir.
1: You're searching for that.
0: The ads are based on data about you. Yes.
1: Luckily, after Vice's report, SafeGraph announced that they would no longer be selling information specifically about visits to abortion clinics. But as we've seen with other news coverage of the data broker business, there's nothing really stopping someone else from doing even more detailed and targeted tracking. So as Gizmodo suggests in an article on this topic, you should basically never bring a cell phone anywhere near an abortion clinic. And if you absolutely have to, use a burner phone with its own unique phone number, buy it in cash, and don't use it to log into anything associated with your identity. Like you're doing a drug deal or something. Also, there was like, the other night, it was like, uh, hey, tips for people who are going to the demonstrations, uh, anti-abortion uh, demonstrations. Like, make sure you uh, turn your these things off or whatever, and someone chimed in and was just like, do not bring your phone at yeah,
0: all. Yeah, basically, um, it's bad. It's they, the George Floyd protests, like they really, basically, unless your phone is just completely off, yeah. the entire time you're near a protest, like that shit is being logged by the feds.
1: Leave the Apple Watch and, at home. And
0: will potentially be used against you.
1: Leave the phone at home. Yeah. Um, smash your phone, throw it in the trash. Throw it in the ocean. Yeah. Throw don't, it, don't throw it in the ocean. Throw it in the ocean. <laughs> the with, ocean has enough trash. With all
0: your car batteries. Yeah. No, don't do it. Anyway, that story is uh, pretty damn bleak. Mm-hmm. And Donate on the side of the video or yeah, down below. please. Uh, so let's cleanse our palates a little bit with some, some good news. Hey. Woo-hoo. So this past Saturday, for just a few hours, virtually all of the electricity used in the entire state of California came from renewables. Here's the San Francisco Chronicle. California hit a major clean energy milestone over the weekend when the state's renewable power sources like solar and wind generated essentially as much electricity as the state needed. The record occurred shortly before 3 p.m. on Saturday as solar power production soared before late afternoon power demand kicked in. Quote, California achieved 100% renewable energy today. Very clear we can achieve clean energy every day before 2030 if we cut the fossil fuel subsidies and political inertia. Daniel Kamen, an energy professor at UC Berkeley, wrote on Twitter. The California Independent System Operator, which manages the state grid, said that the share of renewable energy peaked at
1: 99.87%, marking a record for the state, albeit a fleeting one. So yeah, this is cause for celebration, but there's some caveats. Supply of renewable energy only eclipsed demand for about three hours, and it was during the middle of the day when the sun is bright and people aren't using as much electricity. It's also spring, and the weather is nice enough that not as many people were just blasting that AC, which is not the case for summer, when the weather in California can get very unpleasant. Overall, year-round California still only gets around one third of its energy from renewables, but hey, it's a win, they're doing better. California has tripled its use of renewable power sources over just the past 10 years. And this news shows us that at least for some parts of the year, we are very close to being able to supply nearly 40 million people with electricity entirely from renewables. And there's also, I've seen the plans of, uh, you know, the open-air aqueduct that comes down hundreds of miles, uh, putting solar panels over the top of it so that less water evaporates on its journey down to uh, Southern California. Yeah, it is kind of weird that that thing's just, like, open air. Yeah, there's. I guess it makes sense, probably. uh, I'm sure they have reasons. I can't remember the exact percentage, but a somewhat large uh, percentage of the actual water just evaporates on its journey.
0: I feel like they could also just uh, use, like, hydroelectric dam technology on... Some parts of that thing. Because you
1: got water like flowing down mountains. No, the, the, uh, the plan, the, the plan eventually obviously is going to take decades of uh, fucking paperwork to do. But is, is what I've heard is that putting solar panels over the entire thing so that it creates shade for less evaporation. And you get all of the solar energy that's being produced being in the middle of the actual desert that it runs through. Yeah. So that would be great.
0: Would be great. Mm hmm. But sorry, it's still mostly bad news this week. Uh, And I guess let's close things out with another uh, milestone that's not as exciting. Uh, Here's NBC News. The U.S. on Wednesday surpassed 1 million COVID-19 deaths, according to data compiled by NBC News, a once unthinkable scale of loss even for the country with the world's highest recorded toll from the virus. The number, equivalent to the population of San Jose, California, the 10th largest city in the U.S., was reached at stunning speed. 27 months after the country confirmed its first case of the virus.
1: So yeah, while COVID deaths have slowed down a lot since their peak, COVID has not gone away and there's still around 360 people dying every day from it. And honestly, we probably hit the 1 million deaths milestone a while ago if you factor in all the people over the past two years who have died from COVID but haven't been counted towards the total. But in either case, the US has by far the highest number of COVID deaths out of all of the countries in the world. And it's not even close. We are a big country, but even looking at it per capita, We're still somewhere in the top 20 and are only surpassed by poorer countries with a lot more excuses than we have. So, uh, say the line, Elliot. America's back. Woo! But it's getting better still. The the top solidizations and deaths plateauing
0: for now. We'll see. We'll see. Anyways, that's our episode. Uh, Again... The abortion fundraiser that so many of you have already donated to is somewhere on the screen right
1: now. You'll find it. It should be bright green, I think. Yeah, there you go. Um, And yeah. If you missed our other video about the topic, uh, including uh, it it was a rough topic to start with, but we did talk about Vin Diesel and Justin Lin. Yeah. And a couple other uh, things, like barrels with bodies in them. Oh, yeah. Huh. Anyways, uh, check that episode as well as a recent episode of Weekly Word News about leg extension surgery. Mm -hmm. How is Danny DeVito seven feet tall? (laughs) How did he do it? I got the surgery. Check that out. Uh Subscribe to the channel, leave a like, leave a comment, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.